Good morning. This podcast is brought to you by Puzzles. Looking for a metaphor for the Sisyphean task that is everyday life in the pandemic? Try a puzzle. Go to www.puzzles.com and use the promo code NIHILISM for absolutely no discount on a puzzle of your choice. Welcome to Down by the River. My name is Terrence Hartnett. I'll be your host. Hopefully none of that is a surprise to you, um, but it's just something we say at the beginning. Um, We are continuing the Chicago era of the podcast, the Chicago epic, the epic epic of Chicago, E-P-I-C, E-P-O-C-H, for those of you keeping score at home. I had a great time in Chicago. I mean, it's like a nice because I have a lot of friends there, people who I can talk to. Um, but Aaron was on the top of my list. She's an assistant attorney general. Assistant attorney general. She helps the attorney general or whatever. I mean, I guess they have 700 assistant attorney generals uh, in Illinois or whatever. But I mean, the point is, Aaron's got a great job as a lawyer. Um, she does the good work. She has all the right opinions. She's actually trying to help. I think in an era where everyone is at least pretending like they really want to change things it's refreshing to talk to somebody who's goes in every day to work and tries to do something good um she's not doing good on her free time she's doing good nine to five you know so and she's super fart she's super fart that's what i just said she is super smart and super funny I have no idea uh, how she farts. I have no, I have no information about that. I have ne- never heard her fart. I've known her for many years. Maybe she doesn't fart at all. There's no way to know. These are the hard hitting questions. Um, so yeah, Aaron is a lawyer, uh, so it's very close to my heart. I'm I'm the son of a lawyer. If you didn't know, I'm the son of a lawyer and the grandson of a lawyer. So my dad was a lawyer and his dad was a lawyer, and I am a disappointment. So that's my opinion on lawyers. So whenever I meet one. I'm always like, I always want to, I always want to know more because it's kind of like, um, it feels like it's in my blood and it feels like it's like a, in an alternative universe, it would have been Hartnett and Sons law firm and I would be a lawyer with my dad. Um, so it's always a treat. Um, and Aaron is incredible and, uh, verbose and eloquent. Uh, so enjoy, um, Thank you very much to everyone who rated the podcast. Um, we got a few new ratings. I will shout you out in the outro. Thanks again for doing that. Um, and enjoy this episode with Aaron. Take it away, Steve. very grateful to have a job yeah i'm very grateful to have a f- perfectly fine decent job <laughs> same the same yeah same level of work that you had before same i mean it's the same job you had before obviously so you're just yeah. working from home is yeah. there a, is there like a, how is that is there an issue for that with because you like go to is there court dates and stuff that you deal with what do I've you had do? a few zoom court dates that have been really funny do you have to stand up in your own house for the judge? I sit I sit at my little table up in the bedroom, and I, I put on a sports jacket, like, over a T-shirt. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people, like, middle-aged white guys will be like, am I on? <laughs> <laughs> Midway through the court date. It's just constant. No matter how long you do this, someone's like, what'd you say? <laughs> Not your turn. Be quiet. Um, am I on? <laughs> 
And, um, yeah, we've dealt with a lot of, um, can you hear the dogs? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, we dealt with a lot of, um, COVID complaints actually when it all first started. Like what? Since I do consumer fraud litigation. So. Okay. Consumer fraud litigation. Yeah. And, and just other cases before it's litigation. So it ran the gambit from more sympathetic complaints like, um, I lost my job and they're not paying me or, or, you know, they're not giving me PPE, blah, 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 to, I was charged a dollar fifty for a two ouncing of hand sanitizer. And I believe it should be a dollar and seven cents. And I will not rest <laughs> until this price gouging ceases. Um, so there's a lot of that for the first couple of months. And you work for the government? You work for the... What is I it? work for the Illinois Attorney General's office. Okay. You're an assistant attorney general. Yep. Yes. Um, and so you are help. So it's like, it'll be like the state of Illinois versus somebody and you're on the state of Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm the state. You're the state. Um, yeah. and was that the plan to work for the government as a lawyer? Not at first. I feel like at first I was like, there's gotta be some like, you know, like underground, <laughs> like bicycle gang that needs a lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you're talking about like the economy just now and it's kind of like I started getting interested in um, how powerful people are able to ruin people's lives because of money. And I think that that's um, a product of this like horribly racist, racist, misogynistic country, but it's also a product of keeping people misinformed about about money and about the economy and about power and wealth and i i wanted to be a part of combating that whoa wait so okay so you think it's a uh they don't have the information that they need to fight against the, these huge oh it's powers. definitely not just that oh my god I, no definitely not that i think that the system is designed to keep poor people poor um and no amount of information um alone would <laughs> Uh, change that system yeah and so that's why I think people in my position not to sound too um, righteous but I think people in my position have a really important role to play intermediary to try to regulate the system and change the system not just regulating it changing it so that there's less predatory lending so that poor people aren't trapped in a cycle of poverty that kind of stuff yeah. that kind of fun stuff do you have like are you do you have cases that come to mind as examples when you're thinking about this is there cases that kind of like really exemplified this struggle yeah so from home i settled um the biggest case i've ever settled i led a a multi-state settlement against a company called santander they're a spanish bank and they have a subsidiary in um texas that does it's called subprime auto loans. So think the housing market, the mortgage foreclosure crisis. Yep. But Lots with cars. of shitty loans, a lot of shitty paper, except with cars. And so um, that finally settled. So whatever I'm talking about is public. I'm not going to talk about anything confidential, obviously. But so this is public. It was announced in May, and it's like a $550 million settlement. Okay. Hey, puppy. <laughs> um, with the dogs in the background, that's yeah. how this was settled. Um, but it's a lot of it has to do with um, these loans that were predominantly made to incredibly poor people, 
at incredibly high interest rates, like 25% interest. But like super low down, super low payments at first. Yeah. And, um, but really high principal for like really, like someone goes in to hopefully get a a cheaper car and they're, they're talked into buying like a $40,000 car, even though their credit score is like 500 and, or below. Um, anyway, so this company, the reason that we were able to settle with them is because over the course of several years, we investigated and found that they had all these predictive models that predicted that all of these people would default on their loans more than 50% of the time. (laughs) So it's like if you were to go get a loan on a house and they were to say, um, you qualify for this loan and you're so happy. You're like, oh my God, I I can do this. I'm going to make these monthly payments. But really what the lender is saying in their heads is... um, I actually have a 50, you're 50% chance likely to default. And for most of those people default within the first year of the loan, yeah. it ruins someone's credit. And this, and these are people who the main asset is the car. Yeah. Um, so they're and, borrowing against the kind of borrowing against their own car that they can't afford. Yes. Yes. They can't afford. And the lender knows that this person will maybe not even make it past the first year of say a seven year loan. So, so that's just fundamentally the, unfair. And the, and the and, and it's in bad faith. Like you proved that they knew these loans were not going to be paid off. It's kind of yes. like the mortgage thing, right? Yeah. How are they making money when they know they're not going to get paid back in full? Oh, Terrence, that is such a good question. <laughs> the reason that all of these companies and all these very wealthy people make a ton of money off of poor people is because they securitize the debt. And that's what happened in the mortgage foreclosure crisis. And what that means is that you pool a bunch of loans together. And most of the time you're pooling different quality of loans. So Right, so yeah, likely to be paid back and you're bundling them with unlikely to be paid back to make it an overall bundle that's a little bit more appealing to someone who would buy off the debt. But companies like... um, Santander, Santander, I always mispronounce it because I'm from a farm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They had so many bad loans that their securities were even rated. um, So the problem with the mortgage foreclosure crisis is that they were lying about the quality of their securitizations. Yeah. So they were claiming that they were A quality when they were actually like they're getting A they're getting yeah A grade A whatever for this bundle of like all shit loans, but they're all bundled together and then someone. They kind of like maybe uh, they're giving them some money yeah. to give them an A grade. They sell it off. It's a, yeah, gotcha. The problem with um, subprime auto debt is that they're not lying about how shitty this debt is, but they can still make so much money because there's so much of the debt and they can make they can make a profit if um, a consumer only makes a couple of payments on say a seven year loan. Wow. So someone's life is destroyed, their credit's completely destroyed, their maybe livelihood to get to a job is destroyed. <laughs> so um, that was that was a big case. Um, so yeah. So what happened to them? Yeah. Did they did they get theirs? Oh, they're still making tons of money. <laughs> um, so a lot of people. This podcast got, is brought to you by Santer <laughs> Auto Loans. Um, they well, a big part of the settlement was that they had to they agreed to make a lot of changes in their business practices going forward. But a lot of people got their loans forgiven. About like seventy thousand people. A lot of people are getting That's money. That's great. For, yeah. So they own the car free and clear? Well, a lot of them, most of those are just the, the deficiency, the leftover balance is going to be forgiven because the car was already repossessed. Oh, my God. Did they have the car back? No. 
Okay, so they just get no more. You don't have to pay. Cars resold multiple times. You don't have to pay. You no longer have to pay money on a car you don't have anymore. Yeah. Because you couldn't pay. That's an important point I forgot to mention about this process. Unlike a home that's harder to like turn around and sell over and over again, another reason obviously that they're able to make so much money is because there's an asset that they can repossess and then resell or turn around and resell immediately. Right. I just have that car now and just some rube just paid me $500 a month for six months. Um, and I get to sell the car again. Yeah. Um, this is interesting because my dad is a lawyer and he uh, was for a while working in wrongful foreclosures on homes. Oh, good. Um, suing banks. And it's, uh, it's a tough, that's a tough business to be in as a yeah. man. Um, yeah. But it was, he was so excited about it. He's, he's still really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could, he could go from someone being underwater on a house, $100,000 to owning the house free and clear, owning a, a $200,000 asset free and clear. So like, yeah. it was such a cool, like, redemptive thing if you could get it I know through that is really hard because um, day to day I talk to a lot of um, consumers who reach out to our office wondering if they qualify so I think out of like hundreds of consumers I've talked to I've maybe only talked to one that actually ended up qualifying for relief under the settlement because if you qualify you're not going to call me complaining (laughs) right you're talking to the people who don't qualify yeah Yeah. and it's really sad because I've heard so many (laughs) stories from people um and i'm gonna go get the key here in a second let that dog out she'll just lay down oh great um i've heard uh, it's it's really horrible the way that this country allows this kind of business and like treats it as if it's laudable like i i have to tell like single mothers who tell me that their interest rate is 24 percent on their car and that they they show them that their only income is social security um, but why don't I qualify under the settlement? And I have to tell them, well, you're not poor enough. <laughs> oh. oh, you, oh, you, I know, I know, I agree with you. This is really bad. But yeah. unfortunately, um, <laughs> that stuff, I guess, was totally legal. So the stuff that we got relief for was the um, just illegal stuff that we were able to find. Right. The evil that they got. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let that dog out. Of course. Really the evil that they were doing was not, was legal evil. Yeah. And we'll be right back. <laughs> You don't have to restrain her the whole time. She, she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the doghouse. She wants to be here. Oh, this is huge, though. I mean, this could be. This is great. Honestly, this. We, I had one other dog in the mix, and then that, that got most of the responses. Was I love that dog. <laughs> the words you were saying, I could take a leaf. <laughs> oh, this is Rita. Hey, Rita. Welcome to the compound, the dog compound. Just lay down, sweet. Yeah, good girl. So anyway, that's a lot of stuff that I've been working on from um, home, (laughs) (laughs) which creates a fun um, anxiety-ridden echo chamber where I have absolutely no separation between the evils of this economic world and (laughs) where I puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot. I'm just trying to puzzle. Have you been puzzling a lot? Yes. Isn't it great? I saw on Instagram you're an ed- you do, you're an edges first puzzler. I don't know what the alternative is. Um, I you know I don't have a system and that's kind of my system. You know <laughs> I uh, I just try to like have a cup of coffee and like see if I can kind of see it out. It's not it's not great. I'm a, I'm a kind of, I'm a good team member. We I've mm-hmm. never really done one on my own, start oh. to finish. Okay. Um, I uh, we do I do it with my family. So I think there are more organized people. But I'm like, oh, that's the color of that guy's head. Mm-hmm. Head, 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 and now I have the head. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I think I'm a more of a middle guy. I like yeah. the edges; it's fine. But I'm like, 
I'm like, okay, this tree, there's, it's a particular kind of orange that, that's not present anywhere else in the puzzle. That's good. That's, yeah, that's very... Um, and the worst puzzles have, they don't have those oh, yeah. discernible sections. Yeah. We've determined, like, what's a bad, like, a bad puzzle is. Or, no. or that's just a more challenging, more serious, like, maybe you're a grandmaster puzzle yeah. player as opposed to a novice. Right. <laughs> the one I'm working on now is half completely black. And all of the shapes are what I call the perfect puzzle piece, which is like what you would think of a clip art. Yeah, yeah, a puzzle piece. They're all the exact same shape. That's like microscopically different sizes. So that is absolutely not fun to me at all because (laughs) what's happening and then is you just have to, it's guess and check. Yeah, that's that's what I have to do. Miss me with that. But it gets kind of meditative because I have like the two bowls and I'm just. You have the bowl, the puzzle pieces, you have bowls for the puzzle? I have a bowl on each side. Because they're all the same, I just have to check at every spot, every okay. piece. And so I'm like watching TV on my laptop <laughs> or listening to music and just just doing it's that. More by feel than... Yeah, you just... Oh, wait, so do you... You try every single piece. You have to try every single piece in every little spot. The two-bowl system, just to be clear, it's it's like two try and already tried? Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. Cause, yeah, one of the frustrating things is, is, is like this one's not fitting, and I go, "Oh, this is the same one I already tried. It's definitely not fitting. I've already tried it." Yeah. Okay, two bowls. Yeah. A bowl. I like to have them all. That's interesting. Okay, this is good. Yeah. This is good. Um, the worst puzzle I ever did. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> is was an Andy Warhol puzzle. It was like Andy Warhol selfies, and it was like pictures of Andy Warhol. He took it up of himself, but they repeated each picture like four or five times. <sighs> so screw you. It's like I found like it's like. I could I could have it's the same picture but it's different pieces because I need to find the picture that's its iteration with the six pieces that make up that one and then at that point I go no this is a bad puzzle you resented the challenge you keep framing it like it's a challenge <laughs> like I'm not doing this just to be entertained like it's not on me that I didn't do the like there's challenges that are worth doing yeah and the jigsaw puzzle is actually not one of those challenges totally people have different interests it's like <laughs> my my sisters and my mom are really into puzzles but they're like I was on the phone with my mom the other night and I was telling her about this puzzle that is half black and all the same shape and I go, well, what kind of puzzle are you working on? She's like, it's a hundred-piece cupcake puzzle, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, pieces this big. <laughs> and so it's like, there's, you know, there's something out there for everybody. That's nice. I don't, okay, but like, if you took this philosophy to the nth degree, you might as well just turn the puzzle over and do it upside down and have it just be have no picture, just have the, <laughs> just have the piece, just put the pieces nihilism. together. Nihilism. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Nihilism. Well, full nihilism is you don't even try putting it together. <laughs> it sits there, and you you look at it sometimes, and it reminds you of the pointlessness of it all. This is a metaphor. Yeah, you're chipping away. Yeah, you're saying this is this job that I'm doing. It's, 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 I'm chipping away at something that I can possibly never ever do. But if you keep trying, you will make progress. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm seeing. I'm feeling a metaphorical resonance with the with the lawyer thing. I think it's. This, you think maybe this is off topic. Actually, it was not. <laughs> it was entirely on topic. Well, I think that that can relate to this uh, this concept of um, each of us taking responsibility, making small changes, because the combined effect will hopefully lead to a better world that's more just and fair. But it just boggles my mind constantly about what people are okay with, what people accept. And by people, I mean, 
you know, like middle class white people. Yeah. <laughs> and not understanding or admitting the very real limits that stop and prevent so many people from succeeding. It is, I do not understand how people can think that so, so many metrics are up to personal choice or performance. They're just not in this They're country. They're just not, yeah. Absolutely not. And that really frustrates me that someone could live in this. It's, it's okay. It's, it's so obvious. It's privilege. That's what privilege is. Yes, of course. Is to not, not have to have to think about those barriers. Yeah. And to just assume that you got to where you were because of something that you did yeah. instead of something that happened to you. Yeah. Uh, instead of benefiting from a system that was designed to help you succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there something, is there something besides the predatory auto loans that you've experienced in your work that is like a good, it's another good, like sort of example of what we're talking about with the payday system? Lending. I'm a payday lending. Small dollar lending is, um, kind of like my cause of the like, past seven years. <laughs> um, right. Those places, check cashing, payday loans. They're, they're on, they're on, they're on the streets that are, you can see them everywhere. Most of around. them are online now. And actually this is a really interesting I don't know if it's interesting to anyone else. We'll see. <laughs> but um, so you know how we fucked over native people? Yeah. Uh, destroyed them. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. And then put them on reservations and provided little to no economic opportunity. Sure. Okay. So there's also um, like systemic racism that has um, kept predominantly women of color in poverty. And they have oftentimes little access to credit opportunities. Okay, so we have both of those. They have low access to credit opportunities? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Like no access to credit. Like yep. I can get a credit card and then if I, you know, for no interest. Stuff like that. I can get no interest credit card and like I had no money and I was like, my limit was like $15,000. And yeah. I go, but I have no money. <laughs> You're letting me spend $15,000? No, like, Shut up, handsome. Yeah, like, just take it. Get out of here. Get out of here. You. <laughs> sure you don't. All right. <laughs> I hate seeing you leave. Love watching, <laughs> watching love, you walk away. I love watching you default on your payment. <laughs> I know. So, okay, so we have these two um, very vulnerable populations in this country, um, okay, so what's happened in the last couple of years is that a lot of tribes have started um, conducting online payday lending. So from their reservations, they have pretty like low quality websites, but anyone sitting here in Little Village can go online and can get a loan from this tribe in Utah in Northern Wisconsin in California uh, for a loan for $400 at, say, 785% interest. Sorry? 785% interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not even the highest I've seen. 700 I've seen over 800%. Interest? Interest. So you're going to end up, the principal on the $400 loan will be almost $8,000? Okay, or? well, actually, so these loans are designed to be paid back in two weeks. Gotcha. But the problem is that most people end up rolling over on these loans and so then it just becomes a cycle of debt that you can't escape anyway okay so because these tribes have no other economic opportunities it's like i can't it's hard for me to vilify them okay i will say that all of these businesses were set up by predominantly a few white guys in kansas city okay so it was it was all started by like horrible capitalists yes yes um, who like presented these opportunities to tribes because there were these middlemen, these like 
shady white guy payday people who wanted to basically rent the tribe's um, sovereignty. Okay, they have the, yeah, this is happening because they have sovereignty. They're not uh, overlooked by the state, yes. the actual states. It's their argument. It's federal, they're under federal law, though. Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. And there's no federal law regulating payday loans. Okay, but there's state law. State laws. Okay. Lots of different state laws. So you couldn't set up that kind of same business here in Pilsen, where we, or we're in Little Village, where we are. It's in, on the south side. You could not set up that kind of business on your block. You, well, I mean, you could, and you'd eventually get caught, but you might say that, oh, well, I have a bank account in Utah on the reserve, oh, on the okay. reservation, so... Um, I'm technically doing business out of Utah. Okay. Okay. Wow. And that's these people are doing the renting the sovereignty of the nations to be able to do these exorbitantly. Yeah. So again, that's it's out. a predatory loan. They yeah. know that someone's going to go into debt. Oh yeah. And they're yeah, going to suck someone dry. Yeah. So that's how it started out. But now tribes mostly do own and operate all of them. Um, and they're offered pretty much predominantly to poor people, um, but mostly single women of color. Um, and so it's, it's exploited classes. Hey buddy, Rosie. No, that's not hey, Rosie. Hey, 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 Rita, Rita. Rita. Stay over here. Oh, Rita is such a, uh, a cute name for a dog. Get over here. Rita. Rita. Rita, you've overstepped your bones. <laughs> so it is a sad state of, um, this country, this, I. And what are you doing about it? What's happening? So, I'm on the side of the consumers, and I have to take a position, and I, I believe that these tribes should not be engaged in this business. And we are, you know, some states have started to um, bring enforcement actions against tribes, and there's this whole world of case law <laughs> And briefs and litigation, so, <laughs> if anyone's ever interested, <laughs> about sovereignty and how far that extends. Okay. But this is something that's happening at work. This is happening yes. to the Assistant Attorney General's office. And you're trying to help the consumers of these payday loans get some relief? Yeah, from the- or just like um, get get the tribes out of Illinois. Yeah. The, just the, not off, they can't prevent any products. more of these yes. financial products to be offered. Yeah. Okay. Which, is probably I like I went to this um I went to this um conference I forgot the word for a second <laughs> in March in Las Vegas. It's it like a Zoom call, but everyone's <laughs> on the same room. Ah, yes, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Yes, I <laughs> okay. remember. Conference, yeah. <laughs> it was like the last thing I did before COVID, but I was at a con- I was at a tribal lending conference. In, oh wow! In Las Vegas in March, they invited. But that's me like to that's kind of the enemy, right? Yeah, they invited me to come like talk to them about my perspective and they they let me stay in and listen to some of the other ones and they were talking about how since they started payday lending they finally have a medical clinic on their reservation it's like because they had no them? other opportunity economic opportunity before so that's that so hard isn't it it's, right it's very I'm complicated like, Fuck. <laughs> oh you got like me showing pictures of like oh. You know, we we finally have like a social worker. We finally have, and but because it's like they're they're playing one side against the other. Like it's like yeah, they're like pitting these poor people again to exploit yeah. each other. Yeah, which is so American. Yeah, it's like so. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I want there to be some other or many other economic opportunities um, for Native tribes that 
don't exploit poor people of color. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Okay, that's tough. That's a really tough one. That's so complicated. How do you, yeah, you're talking about your anxiety. Like how, <laughs> <laughs> this is like gotta be tough to have this be your job and to like, you got into it for the satisfaction of help or whatever, that whatever you're gonna get from it, of helping people. Uh-huh. Um, like how is it panning out? Most of the time, not, you don't accomplish anything. How do you deal with that, though? Like, yeah, wh- how are you dealing with this? I do my nails a lot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, no, I think that um, not to be this, like, stupid white hippie who's, like, really into Adrienne Marie Brown now, but um, she wrote this book, and thank you to Cassie and Hannah for referring it to me, but she wrote this book, Emergent Strategy, and that's been really helpful for me lately. And it's all about this concept of um, not focusing on this like American charismatic leader concept or yes, like, like American narcissism of like, we're all going to be geniuses. We're all going to be heroes. We're all going to be, <laughs> the, you know, on the cover of whatever time. I don't, does that yeah. still a magazine? Anyway, yeah. So it's, you don't focus on the charismatic leader you focus on small incremental connected change and that has been incredibly helpful for me to focus on like not only with my work but how i interact with my family how i interact with anyone who Are doesn't have the same opinions mm-hmm. your family's conservative that's really hard yeah very very conservative kansas they're not in kansas city they're, they're in kansas somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle yeah down in southeast kansas southeast gerard kansas yeah um, so that's really helpful. I think anyone, everyone should read Emergent Strategy. It's so good. And it's, and it like reminds us that we're part of ecos, we're humans who are part of other ecosystems, you know, and think about like trees connected underground and, and, and like pulling strength from each other to be able to survive. And, um, I think that's really important. I think people have to focus on like, you are never going to be the person to <laughs> alone do anything like really like like if you wake up in the morning you're like god why have i not solved world hunger (laughs) what have i done today like that's it's a recipe for despair and despondency exactly okay right so you have to you're managing expectations and being realistic without giving up yeah because sometimes i when i like i find when i manage my expectations i manage them all the way down to zero and then i go yeah who, what are you gonna what are you gonna fucking do and it's just nihilism you know <laughs> and so I mean? you and so you don't do anything yeah or, yeah yeah i have my biggest conflict day to day is my own guilt about having anything like jim sometimes make fun of me or not he'll just say like like you feel sorry that you even have like two pairs of shoes like right. i i feel so <laughs> guilty all the time <laughs> and here's here's my response to that anytime anytime someone tells me i just need to like calm down or stop feeling so guilty my response to them is if more people felt guilty i wouldn't have to feel so guilty. <laughs> you're holding the you're ho- you're bearing the burden for us yes <laughs> um so i try to be better about that like like um i mean because i didn't grow up with with much yeah and um and i love that i'm i'm very Right. Imagine how much more guilty you would be (laughs) if you had if you had been breezed through law school on your parents' dime. 
No, I'd probably feel fine. I'd pro- you know, <laughs> maybe you would because of privilege, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd probably you know think that I had worked really hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That I must be super special to have succeeded <laughs> in this way. Um, and I and I already did have so much privilege um, to uh, to even have the option of going to law school, or you know, or to have you know family members who are like, yeah, you should go to college or right get a job. Sorry. Right. Um, but anyway, but sometimes I do think like I'll get off the phone with a consumer who just, you know, tell me told me like the saddest story that day I'd heard, and then I like see this car that I that I got a few months ago. Ooh, it's not la, a very la. nice car, but it's like a Honda, that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I saved up for. It's used. I you know I bought it off the internet. It's reliable. <laughs> yeah, and I I feel horrible. <laughs> I feel like I should have, um, I feel like none of us should have more than we need until we all have what we need. That's amazing. (laughs) That is so great to say. I appreciate that. Yeah. You could win some elections by saying that. (laughs) Not not the whole shebang. Definitely not. Because that's not a thing that's going to win a lot of people over. But uh, it's really compelling. You should be proud to believe that. I believe it. I believe it too. I don't know if I believe it in my actions, but I believe it. Yeah, it's something that, and I spe- especially with COVID being like in my own echo chamber, it's something that I really get caught in a loop with. Yeah, you don't have people to. Yeah, I was gonna ask you like, like, is this the kind of thing? Because like, you're fun. Like we're friends. We've been friends, and, and like you don't, you don't, you do not. You're not exhausting at a party. You're not the kind of person you like corner someone at a party. You're able to exist. Thank you for thinking that of me. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's what you mentioned this kind of like feeling guilty all the time. And like uh, I'm like, well, that's that lends yourself to be the kind of person who ruins a corner of a party. <laughs> like this corner's no good. There's two people that are stuck there and they're stuck there. And uh, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go to the bathroom. And I don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's what um, I imagine. Okay, I'm so glad I'm not that person. You're not. Yeah, because I do feel like that's overwhelming. And I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to. Because on the other side, you have one life to live. <laughs> so find some joy okay, in yeah. that life. Right. I do that. I do Good. that too. Good. How do you find joy? <sighs> By redistribution of wealth. <laughs> 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 Only joy. Anyone could ever find. Um, no, I drink. I I love beer. I love beer. I'm just so. It's like. But you're so thin. I know. How do people? I'm sure people <laughs> say that you love beer. What? I know. Um, I think you. It's pronounced vodka soda. I don't understand <laughs> what you're saying. Ugh, I hate. I'm such. I'm such a simple farmer. I like. I like lagers. Delicious beer. I like. Um, I do drink a lot of beer. I don't know how. Um, it's genetic. I'm. Oh, and my anxiety keeps me thin. Oh yeah, burning those calories really all do. the time. Always I like, burning. I like. I really like. Um, like fussing about the house, cleaning and right, active lifestyle, and putting things. You know, I yeah. like moving constantly. It burns a lot of calories. Picking it burns, up something. Yes. And moving up. Yes. Did you go to law school right out of undergrad? Yeah. Okay. Where'd you go to undergrad? Kansas State University. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Uh, and then where'd you go to law school? DePaul. In Chicago. Uh-huh. So that was, that's what brought you to Chicago and you've yes. stayed for many years now? Yeah. Ten years. Ten and a half years. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, going into law school, were you picturing doing something like you're doing now? Was that the plan? Have you, have you followed the plan kind of consistently? Yeah. I thought I'd work for, at a nonprofit. I did for a little while. But... Um, 
get a burp. Okay, done. Um, <laughs> um, but nonprofits have their own problems. I wish I wish everything didn't come down to money and fundraising. But that's what you you picked. But that's why I didn't. That's why I'm not working on nonprofit. Okay, right. So you thought that does it in this? So how long you worked at a nonprofit for a while before you? But you've had this job since I've known you, which has been. Yeah, I had this job for a long time. I left it for Six, a little seven. bit to work in a nonprofit. And before that, I worked for for a judge. I worked for a judge for a while, right out of law school. Um, but yeah, I decided that doing this work for the state, um, you know, trying to investigate and go after companies that are exploitative, I feel like that was the closest I could get to redistribution of wealth yeah <laughs> and um like a socialist <laughs> i'm a full blown, job that I've, yeah. I've never had to bill a client i wouldn't even know how to do that yes wow no idea what my hourly rate would be right nice like That's I, great. I have no idea i love that i've absolutely never charged for my services except for the taxpayers the taxpayers have paid me good for great. many years great and we're happy to do that thank you for what you do <laughs> thank you taxpayers of course on behalf of the however much money i paid in illinois for four years you're welcome <laughs> um speaking of money you have a tremendous amount of i assume student debt yes yes i remember yes. talking to you a couple years ago and we played a game where you're like just guess how much i have and i guessed and you kept putting your thumb you're it's, like nope more and i was like what yeah and i'm not cornering people with payday loan facts but i am like guess how much student loan debt i have baby oh my god and i was like because i i'm a debtor myself i have seventy thousand dollars in student debt i like bringing it up and i was like and i was like a hundred and you're like oh no way higher and i was like 120 and you're like no yeah and it was 200 over 200 it's over 200 that too is insane you're the only person i've ever met who's we've discussed loans with who has had a two in the front yeah but here's the thing so i'm doing public service loan forgiveness i'm seven years in if it still exists in three years if it doesn't hell hath no fury like a bunch of lawyers yeah yeah had a program removed but um but here's the thing about that i do i've made a decision I don't know, a few months ago, where um, I'd stop using it as a party trick because I felt like, like, look at my life. It's a great life. I have a great life. You're in a house I make that, my... Right. You're, yeah. I make, you're, I make my monthly payments and they don't actually affect my life that much because there's, you know, you can do revised pay as you earn, you know. Right. So, like, the thought is overwhelming and the amount, but... I have a wonderful life. It's disgusting that anyone would have to go into this kind of debt to go to school in this country. Yes, that's I disgusting. Agree. But um, I felt like when I was emphasizing it several years ago, definitely during comedy, I felt like I was searching <laughs> for something to become a victim. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. You know, and I don't. As a person who's victimized by very, very, very little <laughs> in the society, I'm like, ah, oh, I have a bunch of debt. I like, no, I had a joke. Yeah. I was like, I like saying it because it makes people like me more because yes. they go, oh, okay, like he's not, he's not one of them. He's yeah. one of us. Yeah, e exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. That 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 kind of community building is nice. Yes. Like thinking that like um, you can have something to relate to someone, or it's like you're commiserating. You understand what it's like to have that kind of like 
concern or fear that weight on you or that like I think that there's nothing wrong with that that's community building but but you stopped but I stopped bringing it up too much because I didn't want it to sound like woe is me or like I was searching for something to self-victimize about it just seemed trivial yep which it's a lot of debt it's so it's so stupid what's the program in three more years what It'll be wiped away. It'll be three forgiven. years. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'll still be in the prime of my life. Oh my god, <laughs> with be. no debt. Oh yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh great. See, See exactly. It doesn't seem so real now. Yeah. Yeah. If you keep doing the job you're doing and making the payments that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Wow, what a day that'll be. Oh yes. What a day. Buy yourself, buy yourself a nice six pack of beer on that day. I'm gonna buy some beer. I'm gonna buy out King Spa. No one else is allowed. King Spa. No, actually, I like it when there are people there. So I wouldn't want it to be alone at King Spa. King Spa is a Korean spa, and it's incredible. People, I love it so much. Uh, it's check it incredible. out. Somebody it's a great deal. Somebody told me I should check this that it was still open during COVID, which seems impossible. That right? is impossible. I mean, it's probably not impossible because who, who knows what the hell's going on. But like, it's a place where you go, you like get naked and you get in the bath with whoever, um, and then you go to like a, a hot sauna. There's many different saunas: dry, warm, yeah, wet, super hot, <laughs> cold, really cold pool. All that stuff is available. Yeah. Massages, and then you can get food yeah, at great the restaurant. end. Then you get a restaurant, and you don't pay with money. You pay with a little wristband that they hook up to your, and then you pay at the end. Um, which makes it feel like a utopia, like a perfect world in which you just get food for nothing. Yeah. You forget that it's going to cost something. Yeah. Um, You also, you just got out of the sauna and you're wearing pajamas that they gave you. So it's like, yeah, have something to eat. Enjoy. (laughs) And they're all matching pajamas. It's, I know sometimes I do like the idea of like, just like a perfectly communist society where we're all issued a couple of outfits that are exactly this. I know that that sounds horrible. I know most people right. are like, you know. That's what they say. That the, That's how they say. That's like their negative thing that they say about communism to get you to stop talking about it so much. And I, God, I just hate consumption. <laughs> like, yes, I like, I just hate that. I hate that feeling you get when you like, buy a new shirt like I, I mean or, or you go to the thrift store and you find that three dollar shirt that's just even yeah. that makes me feel guilty i hate <laughs> buying things and that's like a post-consumer product the the, the thrift store shirt that i should feel totally fine right about. it's like kind of nice you're you're putting some money into your local community for a thing that didn't have to be a source from overseas and their labor like that damage already has already been done and now we're yeah. doing a local community uh, upcycling, like there's so many positive aspects to that thing, but you can still feel the guilt of yeah. you, of you're enjoying the capitalism of it. Yeah, I think like, but maybe this is just too much time on my hands, and even that's like another privilege in of itself. It's like, it's like the people who, no shade, but have enough time to worry about their horoscope or not horoscope that's not a good i don't want to make people like choose your words very carefully (laughs) say vegan go ahead say vegan (laughs) go Um, uh, trash vegans right now i dare you or just um i think it goes back to the i don't know what i'm trying to say i just don't personally like time that i spend focused on 
pants or clothes <laughs> or even though I just did get a pair of Crocs and I'm over the moon. <laughs> I'm just so thrilled. Um, but then at the same time, I would never ever criticize someone for like really valuing their self-expression with how they, you know, I, I, d- I would never do that either. It's just personally, I, hate consumption <laughs> right but you wouldn't pick those those are bad battles to pick where it's like someone who likes yeah. their pants it's like that's really the battle you're gonna fight Aaron. oh you're gonna absolutely go, i would right. never no. oh my gosh but, oh my god but I for would yourself ne- <laughs> for the very high standards you hold yourself to you'll yes. be like aaron liking pants for you that's that's fucked up yes 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 yeah i want to be clear that i i like i love seeing other people's expression i or, you know i like seeing color and yeah. <laughs> the way that people live with joy a great variety of pants <laughs> i'll never understand great. Yeah. Yeah, they can enjoy that joy but no not for not for aaron yeah um okay i'm interested uh for for whatever reason or maybe like for good reason one of the themes that's already emerged in this podcast is i quit comedy because <laughs> um i've talked to like i think oh, it's maybe, maybe half the guests have been comedians and then like a quarter have been uh post comedians and then uh, non-comedians. Mm-hmm. So how do you view your time in comedy? You're very funny. Say so that Thanks. off the bat. Three or, f- well, how long were you there? Three or four years? Four years. Doing it like mm-hmm. really solidly in Chicago and get, you know, gaining ground, whatever the metrics you want to take. Um, how, yeah, how do you view that now? Um, I view it with pride and and really warm nostalgia. Oh, good. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I was ready for it. the worst. No, no. I think it's so funny when someone will like ask me about it as if they're like asking about a dead parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, we can talk about it. It's a thing I did. I'm proud of it. I have a, I had a lot of fun. I'm still really proud of some of the things I wrote. I had a lot of I met a lot of really interesting people and the just best people. The, yeah. Some horrible people. Absolutely. Just but. like the closest definition to narcissism you can get in a human <laughs> it would be the easiest that would be the I, if someone was like i need to i need to find five narcissists today i go no problem you want seven or eight give me 30 seconds yeah of course <laughs> yeah don't worry um so so with that but i did meet a lot of um like-minded like wired people wow that's so well put go on which i know what you're, t- I know what you're talking about you don't you don't find and so that but what do you is, mean by like wired the way you think or the way that you can seem outwardly outgoing and, and comfortable but anxious and have a lot of vulnerabilities, um, a lot of demons you wrestle. So it's so it's nice having that kind of community, but I also oftentimes found myself just getting so lost amongst the personalities, which is fine. I think it made me realize it's okay to be a listener it's a it, it's hard to be around that many people who all want to be the star of the show. Absolutely. And I know that's not a unique thought. I know everyone thinks that, but I think um, I don't miss that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't miss the group hang. I don't miss a lot of people like being at a show or at a bar. It, it, that gave me a lot of stress. And I could, and it, I put it on myself. I could have just like hung onto the side and, and enjoyed myself, but I put a lot of stress on myself to. I, I don't know. But the smaller groups, I really, I really enjoyed. Like, like you and Noah are just so smart. Great, and funny I know. Yeah, and kind. Right, right. And then, then, then those combinations of things are yeah, super rare. Where it's like I've met smart people, but they couldn't, they wouldn't keep up when I was, you know, like I was uh, joking around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, it's like it's like you finding a tennis partner who's like, oh, they're hitting it right back. Yes. 
Yeah, and they're on the thing that I they heard the thing that I said really quietly, but they're but they're they're, they're guest ending it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just some really good friend. I mean, like Allison's a great friend. Casey Larwood is brilliant and so kind. I think that's that's the combination for me finding intelligent, funny, kind people. Yeah, yeah. Steve is a dear friend of mine. So it's like Steve Gerard did the theme song to this podcast. Oh, he's so talented. He's so good. I know he's just, talented at whatever he does. Just yeah. I mean, just so well rounded. Yeah. Um. But yes, but I don't, and then shows and the writing process, I don't miss the anxiety that came with like expectations you would put on yourself, even for the smallest open mic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super unhealthy. I can't believe I let, but I also don't want to trivialize that feeling. I don't, I hate this concept of like looking back and being like, oh, that was so stupid. No, I, it wasn't. I don't think it was stupid. I think that's not fair to yourself to minimize past experiences like that. I don't think it was stupid. I had a really wonderful time. Even at the, you know, Cody's with bringing my dog for the first (laughs) open mic. Which I look back, if I could look back and be embarrassed, but why? I had a nice time. It was nice. I ran an open mic that was at a dog-friendly bar, and it was was very small and could be bad, but you could bring your dog. That was good. That's the background of that. I did one time, and it was um, a total distraction, and I can't believe I did it. But it was fun. (laughs) Right. It's like, but yeah, like it's like worth a try, I guess. Great bar. Great bar. Huge, huge back patio. Amazing. Classic Chicago bar where you're like, how is this even profitable? I'm having the best time. I spent $12, and I'm drunk and having the time of my life. I ate 50 pretzels out of that cup on the bar. Free pretzels. I forgot. (laughs) Pretzel sticks. We used to advertise like, hey, Cody's open mic, 7 o'clock set up, 7.30 show, free pretzels. Free pretzels. Yeah. Free comedy, ostensibly, I guess. (laughs) Open mic comedy is the pretzels of... (laughs) <laughs> food or wait is the oh my comedy is the pretzels of comedy where it's like uh, yeah you can have it you can have it i mean i guess you're gonna be this bar anyway have some have a half baked joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> while you're processing how your dad will never accept you you might as well sit in here and listen to some jokes about how their dads will never accept them <laughs> oh, <laughs> might as man. well have a pretzel and some uh and some terrible comedy you know what i find so funny is when um non- comics will talk to you about not doing comedy anymore and they have this kind of look on their face they're like oh i'm sorry yeah i think even comics have that and um i i was like what what are you sorry about see but like they're well i think they're they're like i'm sorry that your dream didn't pan out yeah they're saying "I'm, i'm sorry you're not famous but did you think it? See, it strikes me that you didn't. You didn't think you. You weren't like I'll do this for a couple of years and then I'll do Saturday Night Live instead of being a lawyer. <laughs> I think that um, I think maybe for a little bit of time I was like, eh, it'd be cool if I would be able to do this like for money full time. Yeah. But never to be like, if I don't, <laughs> yeah, then this life of mine is a failure. That idea of fame and success. It's so sad to me. <laughs> well, I think it's it's so it's so unfortunate that comedy has that um, has like a has like a sees it as a failure so much more than like than like music where it's like oh I learned how to play guitar I was actually in a band for a couple of years we toured locally open for some big acts and it was fun and then no one goes like oh my god I'm so sorry it's like <laughs> no I still like I still enjoy music and I play guitar it's like it's a comedy can, is just a thing that you can do yeah. and it can be an art that you practice it's like it's very American too that like. Oh, you practiced that art, but it didn't. It wasn't able to sustain you. Um, that's uh, re- that's a 
huge failure. It tragedy. didn't launch you into disgusting wealth. Yeah, yeah, disgusting. <laughs> why'd you do wealth. it? Why'd you it? Why'd you shame yourself so deeply? <laughs> <laughs> I think some of my family members are like, well, then why would you have <laughs> brought such shame? <laughs> If not for money. <laughs> that's a well, yeah, that's well. I, I'm really seeing their point of view now. Like, <laughs> they're like, well, we were going to, we were going to accept it. Uh, like, cause we we're picturing you like getting nominated for an Emmy and mentioning us in the speech. Yeah. And that's how you'd be like, she's always been kooky. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but if you're going to be kooky for no reason, for no money, if there's no monetary uh, reason for you to be so kooky, uh, yeah. uh, you've, you've failed. And, and like in front of strangers, there's, there's more beer in there. Um, totally yes, I will have one more. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ooh. but that is, and I think, um, I think with, when comics ask it, it's kind of a question of, so what do you do with your day? Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> You're like, I'm a fucking lawyer. <laughs> or also just, I have so many interests. Right. I told you I feel guilty 24-7. Yeah. That's <laughs> that takes a, up a lot of my time. That's, yeah, that's like yeah, that's a full-time job. Um, uh, when did you decide to quit? Or was it slow? Was it fast? How did that go? I feel like it was slow. I feel like six months to a year before COVID hit, I had, like, done... Rita. <sighs> Rita. There she goes. But you're all fenced in. This is great. You have a fenced-in yard in Chicago. I know. Amazing. Share with a share with a neighbor, but it's a friend. Yeah, friend in the basement. Huge. Um, I had like, I'd kind of done. I started doing shows like every once in a while. I was still kind of doing that um, open mic with Molly Carney. Oh yeah, uh, Tapster. Yeah, and um, I just kept. They progressively kept feeling like such burdens. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just kept feeling I remember when it was over feeling like kind of good that I had performed and it was fine but <laughs> oh at the that night yeah oh yeah. boy only kind of yeah right that's not good enough to get you all the way up to the north side from here oh that, that was another big part yeah I was going to the north side a yeah. lot I live on the southwest yeah. side there's not much scene down here no no on the southwest side no. How do you like that? Like, I, uh, well, another theme of the podcast turns out is like, because I'm in a new place every time I record. I'm like, so what is this place like for you? I'll start I with the Southwest side. Because you, you, you were in Pilsen when I knew you, and now you're. I don't even know the geography. You're farther south. Or I'm west. west. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit south and west in Marshall Square slash Little Village, and um, I love it here. I. Not that when I say this, it always sounds like I'm trying to give myself a pass because oh i acknowledge that i'm a white face that would make other white faces feel comfortable living here gentrifier yeah um so that is problematic um but <laughs> i think like with talking about emergent strategy it's also about how you contribute to community or how you interact with community and um, I think that's what's most important about neighborhoods, especially in Chicago, is that I don't want the neighborhood to change for me yeah, right. <laughs> or for Jim. I don't. Right. But then also, you're probably being conscious with your cons- consumption. You're not like only going to the Chipotle here. You're going to get a burrito at the burrito place. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, it's. Or yeah, the it's equivalent. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. 
I love it here. I want the families who live on this block who are all wonderful. I want to them all to have succeed. a Whole Foods. You want yeah. them to succeed and have a Whole Foods to go to. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, if they were able to um, provide insurance and um, jobs and sustainable living wages and affordable produce. Get them. Um, Get them. <laughs> Get them. But, um, so, yeah, I do love it here. Um, there's a lot of history in this neighborhood. It was traditionally, I hate, no, I'm not, take, I take that back, not traditionally, because that makes it sound like who lives here now, whatever. hundred years ago, it was Used mostly, to be. yeah, Czech people, it was called Czech California, this area. Why? Is it near California? The That's street? California okay, Avenue. Gotcha. Yeah. So Czech California. Um and then, you know, white flight. They, you know, they left. They didn't, you know, like they get pushed out. They're all racist and um, they left. Um, or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's not really, maybe they're not racist. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe um, not. Maybe, maybe they want to live in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, or maybe they are racist. I wasn't here. We were. Some of them are racist. <laughs> German farmers in Kansas when yeah. that was going on. <laughs> um, probably stealing from someone else. Um, Absolutely. But it's, it is nice. There's a school across the street, Saucedo. Yeah, I don't know how good they do, like, performance-wise, but the building's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Great building. <laughs> <laughs> um, our neighbors are awesome. Uh, Maria and Mario, they have four kids, and their kids are amazing. We have this rock wall that they call the museum, <laughs> and they put tiny toys on it. No way. And we'll put tiny toys on it for them to find. It's really <laughs> cute. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I see some toys now. Oh, they're yeah. so small. They're like it's that nestled in the little in the little stones. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. The museum. And Sebastian, he's like eight. Will climb up and like talk to us over the fence. He's so cute. And <laughs> I, I just I love my neighbors very much. <laughs> so and then and Jim bought this place, so you're not going to leave anytime soon. I don't think so. Yeah, and no. you like it enough. Yeah. To stay. I love it. I think I love it more than Jim. <laughs> We, I mean, we talk about, especially with COVID, I mean, like you're traveling the country, yeah. like we, and I'm from middle of nowhere. And so something still pulls at me that like, I know I will eventually live amongst no one. Really? <laughs> Once again, wow. I feel it. I feel the pull to. Well, um, will someone inherit that farm? Are you, is there pressure on you to, to like. I would, I would, I would go back to the farm eventually. You have, you have siblings, right? Mm -hmm. I have two sisters. Are they into the farm life? My, my one sister lives close by. Okay. Um, she doesn't farm. I mean, we could rent out the land. Yeah. Um, it could stay in the family without you guys becoming farmers. Yeah. I would like to learn, though. I, I think it's sad that um, so many small farms are being sold or being foreclosed on and then consolidated. It's it's just concentration of wealth in land. Yep. And it's... um. It'll lead to a big bust. But, um, yeah, I, I got to learn how to farm. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, maybe you will have to. Yes, because we're going to need food no matter what. Yeah. What do they farm on, the, on that farm? They um, raise organic crops. They okay. raise organic uh, wheat, soybeans, and corn. Nice. Um, okay, what do you see for yourself as, like, your next move as a lawyer? You're going to stay in this job for the next three years. Do you have, like, more, like, larger schemes for no i have no i would like to keep doing the work i'm doing and i plan on doing that and i have absolutely no aspirations for climbing any sort of ladder nice I what about being attorney general 
No, that sounds horrible. So there's, is there a million assistant attorney generals? It's not like... Yeah, there's like 700 of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, 400. There's like 400. Okay. And there's only one attorney general? Yeah. Okay. Kwame Raoul. He's okay. awesome. Oh, good. You like yeah. him. Awesome. Yeah, I like him a lot. Sweet. Have you met him? Um, yes. I'm sure he wouldn't remember me. <laughs> but I have. He's been, been around the office. He's been in office for two years. He's he's awesome. He's great. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you'll stay in Chicago and be uh, do this for a while. Yeah. I can see myself, if, if we are to move to a more remote location, finding, like, some legal aid work wherever I go. Yeah. I would never want more than that. I think people, a lot of people have too many personal narcissistic ambitions. They want to be like the, like the savior, like you're saying, like they want to be the hero of America and like, no, 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 it's gotta be, it's gotta be done. And it's gotta be me. It can't be like us working slowly together incrementally. It's gotta be me busting it wide open. Yeah. And and but then you end up, if you do that, you end up compromising on some other ideal, right? end up being you're like making a lot of money you're being exploitive in some way probably yeah. right yeah yeah i don't i think fundamentally i'm also kind of lazy really <laughs> and i sometimes i really am but no one who knows you has ever called you lazy no probably not you it's, have these high standards for yourself and that's what that's what i'm hearing i think but it, it, because i do all of those things the idea of like adding another level of so like some more tasks on top of that so that i can get paid a little bit more sounds horrible yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. If, if i have everything i need why would i want more money to have to do more annoying administrative tasks i absolutely agree i absolutely agree with that i would i feel the same way yeah i don't want to um give people feedback <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> no i do i like i I no, do, to have like, to manage somebody and be their boss? <laughs> no. No. I would be so hard. I'm a loose cannon. Nobody <laughs> wants to be in a management position. <laughs> I promise you that. If I'm you get like a bad a day, yeah. Candor. Oh my God, that's a word I've been thinking a lot about lately because, like. Is that, is that different from honesty, candor? I hope not because I don't know. I feel like lately a few opposing counsel have, have said to me, like, I really appreciate your candor. And I'm like, oh, shit, what did I say? Yeah, I think it's kind of like bluntness, where it's like honesty is just telling the truth, and then you talk about candor or bluntness, you're talking about a certain way of telling the truth, which is, like, impolite. <laughs> I mean, like, there's, there's, a, there's a point where you can't be, where, like, if you become more honest, you become impolite. I think that's where candor and, and <laughs> bluntness begin. Uh, it's like, yeah. you can be honest, like, it's like, maybe you should check... Uh, you go to the bathroom real quick, maybe. And then Candor's like, you've got a booger in your nose. You have a booger. Honestly, it's like that thing where you do that. You, you wipe your own nose to try to get them to wipe their nose. Yeah. And the Candor's like, hey, you got a you you bat in the cave, buster. <laughs> I think kind Candor would benefit so many people. I agree. I agree. Anything, anything less is posturing. <laughs> Just yeah, it's, it's, you're just being honest to be. You're being nice, yeah. Being nice. All right. Well, wait, are you gonna get promoted? Will you will you get promoted to a d- another level of this? What's the next? Not after this. This no. is it. <laughs> no, I mean this podcast. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is gonna blow up. <laughs> I um I have no I have no desire to do that. What would it be though? I could like I could probably get promoted within the office. And you'd be managing people. Well, you yeah. just said. Yeah. Um, would you? You can get a. You'll get raises. 
No, if you stay with it. Probably. Yeah, okay. Oh, great. Okay, awesome. I've, um, I've been asking for deductions. <laughs> please give my money. we get paid too much. <laughs> do you I, really? I really do believe that. I haven't, I haven't not asked for deductions, but... $45,000 a year? That's what it says on the internet that you make. Oh, I make more than that. Oh, good. I Googled you. <laughs> and then it said you made it said you made 45000 and then, then 60, the, 60 the year before. And I go, but this, it's like 2018, 45, 2017, 60. I make $75,000 a year. Great. Oh, this is so sweet. Aaron, I really appreciate I didn't have to ask you. I really appreciate you just saying it. That's great. That's pretty good. Everyone should say. I agree. Nice. People should say, and then I should make be a $0 dollars per year. <laughs> There I should am, be a cap on income. I am on unemployment. The cap should be what I make. I live a totally fine life. I yeah. live a I live a seventy five thousand dollars is too much money. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, um I spend it. <laughs> <laughs> she finds a way. Um but that's how much that is how much you make. Um, I'm glad you're being paid that much because you're doing good work. I'm glad that the taxpayers are paying you that money. That is based on my years of experience as well. Good, yeah. Just to be clear. And it's probably, they're probably factoring in the uh, vast amount of debt you need to pay off. Yes, 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 yes. And they're helping you do that with this program. Great. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want, is there any call to action or anything you want before we go? This is where you normally put like an Instagram handle or a podcast, but I assume no. you don't want to oh, do that. No, oh, God, I have no, I have no interest in that. I think um, people should be interested in um, learning about finances. And um, if you bank with a major national bank, you should switch to a local credit union or a small bank. That's awesome. Um, you should not use uh, Chase. You should not use Wells Fargo. Um, that is a small action you can take um, to redistribute power in financial markets. That's awesome. My dad actually had to go to credit unions because he was suing these banks. And he's in conflict. It would be a conflict of interest if he had any money in any of these banks <gasps> that he was suing. So he had to. Have, he went to like a, a local credit, very local credit union. Yeah. Low, like very, like I had to bring them. Like I, he sent me to bring them envelopes sometimes. Like yeah, this is money. I need to just put it. You got to just go put it in the bank. There's no direct deposit. You have to just. You have to go. My son goes and brings it to the bank. Yeah. yeah. To the find union. a bank where there's just like, um, like buckets lined up with names markered on. Piggy <laughs> <laughs> banks. And there's like one person watching the buckets. <laughs> that's that's the kind of bank you're looking for. That's how you know you found a good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you very much. This is great. Of course. Good to see you. Thank you so much to Aaron. Uh, wasn't that incredible? Uh, we, I want to shout out a few of the specific reviews that we got. Um, thank you very much to I Have No Horses, who said Terrence does a good job of making you feel like you're a part of the conversation almost, period. Cool characters and fun diversions, which is an interesting way to put it. Um, thanks a lot to world-renowned podcast expert, for this review, this is the best content you will ever find in the world ever. Highly recommend, period. Listen to this, period. Wow, and that is from a world-renowned podcast expert. And that is a self-proclaimed title, but um, I think I can, I, I, think, I think I agree. I think the whole world should renown this expert. Thanks very much to Mike Czar, who said this. What a great show, especially since I know and dislike Terrence personally. Great. Jokes. Oh, okay, good. Uh, he's an incredibly sincere person, and it really comes across on the pod. He's a great interviewer, and he picks very interesting topics. I highly recommend the Psychopath episode. Thank you, Mike Czar, and your check is in the mail, my friend. Um, also, yeah, if you know me and you give a uh, positive review, I will pay you uh, $1,000. And this is a verbal contract on the pod. Thanks a lot to Brendan0713, who said, Great content, great host, great guest. It's a great podcast. Wow. 
So the reviews are rolling in. We have 30 ratings right now. Rating is a really easy thing to do. If you just scroll to the bottom of this podcast that you're listening to and you uh, hit the five star, that's all you have to do. Now, if you want to just type a few words in the box, um, I will uh, thank you personally on the pod. But thanks again uh, also to the 30 people who just dropped the rating. Um, uh, I'm in Austin now, so uh, if you have any Austin recs, throw them my way. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.